0: Our school was down by a bunch going into the game, and I was getting texts from people in the school being like, I hope you're coming to the game tonight because we're going to need you for pull ups. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. There ain't no
1: way in hell I know what's going on five years from now.
0: What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle, and how we choose to embrace our struggles what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How's it going? My name is Pete. Coming to you live from my basement in Heartland, Vermont. And with me is my friend and co-host, Todd Ellis. Coming to you from Tacoma, Washington. What's up, Todd? How's it go, Peter? I'm feeling like we're going to have a successful episode
1: today. (laughs) Is that right? Well, let me see what I can do to get in the way of that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> how's everything in the two, one, three? Two, five, three. It's oh,
1: four more yeah. than you thought uh... <laughs> shows my listening skills i've only least... edited you say that 40 or 50 times <laughs> that's fine uh, it's good it's a fall day fall has finally arrived in the pacific northwest so <laughs> snow is on the way and the, the wind blew pretty hard today so which i like i like fall it's my favorite season so that's what's up over here how about in the vt yeah, uh,
0: the the sign of winter on the way is when I am forced to bring all of my workout equipment from the garage down to the basement because the garage is not insulated. And obviously that happens twice a year. The equipment move mm, goes, the migration. <laughs> goes yeah. down to the basement right around Halloween, depending on the weather each year, and goes up around Memorial Day. So mm. um, when I do it myself, it takes about six hours when I have friends come over It's significantly less. Nice. My good buddy, Holic Pogue came over today and his son, Ruben, and they helped me move a bunch of stuff and it only took us like two hours. So it's a little bit less. Yep. So everything is in a pile in the basement right here as I look at it. And I love organizing and restructuring and setting up my, my fitness Mm. space. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The topic tonight is from a culmination of a bunch of different interactions and um, pieces that I've kind of found myself engaged in recently And this episode stems from a word that I absolutely loathe, and that word is success. As a teacher, I hear this word thrown around in many different ways all the time, and sometimes it makes me cringe. And uh, I'd love to have a conversation with you tonight about your perspective on the word success. And before we get into that, I'd love to pull up what Google says is the definition of success. And according to Google, success is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. So with that said, I was recently listening to a series of podcasts with this guy named Colin O'Brady, and he was the first person to walk unassisted across the continent of Antarctica. It was 932 miles. Unassisted means he had to pull all his food and everything in a sled with him across the way. And he did that fairly recently. But prior to that, his first or one of his first big adventures was climbing Mount Everest. He did that in 2016. When he got back from that, he was really excited to go into schools and to talk to kids about his experience and talk about what he called, quote, finding your Everest. And he shared in one of the interviews I was listening that as he went around from school to school, He went to all different um, types of schools and all different ages of kids in schools. And he found that when he'd stand in front of a, a gymnasium or an auditorium of kids and he'd said, raise your hand and share with me, what is your Everest? Basically, what is your goal right now in life or what do you deem as a successful thing in your life or something you want to achieve? He said it was really interesting that the younger the kids, the more responses he got. So if he was in a gymnasium full of kindergartners and first and second graders, he'd say, share with me, what is your Everest? And every hand would go up. And then we went on to middle school, less hands would go up. And Then we went on to high school, there'd be a few hands that would go up. And then when you do speaking engagements with college students or adults, like one or two hands would go up in the back of the room. And it was just really interesting for me to listen to that and think about, hmm, like what is my Everest right now? And what
1: was my Everest back when I was in those stages that
0: I just named elementary school, middle school, high school? Are you
1: saying that the response he got from the from the different age groups differed or, or like did it differ the Number in of people, response? Yeah, two The number of people willing to share okay.
0: dropped off as yes. the age of the group that he was speaking to got, got older. Thank you. And I just thought that was really interesting. So it got me thinking about like, oh, you know, I don't know. What was my Everest in elementary school? What was my Everest? You know, what was my big thing that I wanted to achieve? And he was talking about how like in elementary school kids raise their hand and share, Oh, you know, I want to be the first one to in my family to graduate from college. Oh, I want to be the, you know, the first female doctor to, you know, work in the hospital in our town or whatever. The the different things were that were shared. And he was just talking about how people are much, much less likely to share what success is in their life or their perspective of what it is that they want to achieve in their life as we get older. And I just thought that was a really, really interesting point. And then earlier this week, as always, you and I had some text exchanges, and you are following a website called The Daily Calm. And I've asked Todd to share with me when he has a powerful quote from there or something that's shared through that content, if he could share with me, and he does regularly. And Todd, you sent me recently this Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And shortly after that, you sent me another text from someone named Adam Grant, and he said, your worth is not defined by what you achieve or acquire. It's a question of who you become and how you contribute to others. Self-esteem should come from character, not success or status. The highest accomplishment is to be a person of generosity, curiosity, and integrity. And based on the fact that you sent me that, Todd, I'm guessing that you agree with it. And I want to kick
1: our conversation off about success. You know, Peter, <laughs> you think you're a terrible interviewer. And I think that you have some of the most deep thoughts around strange things. They're not strange, but deep <laughs> thoughts around things that come out of absolute no place. Like it's so, it's so awesome for me to watch. So I just send you these random tidbits that I come across because I'm like, hmm, that's interesting to think about. And clearly you think it's interesting to think about, but you think about it, like, how can I talk about this and explore this thing when I'm just like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's interesting fun to think about. So it's, it's really cool to like be invited to that, to watch that process of you. I think that that's really cool. It's not very often you get to think about how somebody else is thinking when you're thinking about it, which is pretty cool for me. Um, yeah, success is an interesting one. So, so I hear like kind of two themes and correct me if I'm wrong. One is uh, like, on a timeline of, of how we think about success, like explore each of those timelines, perhaps, or, or maybe we can dive into that. And the other, which I find more interesting that you kind of touched on, and I don't know if you wanted to make it a, a, like a topic or a subject of the topic, but is, what do you think is the, the reasoning that people that he had a lesser response from older people? Like, I don't know, is that is that something you want to dive into or not so much? <laughs> yeah. So in, in planning for tonight's episode, I,
0: I have a couple of different um, ideas that I want to yeah. kind of address this conversation, but I always like to open it up for you to share uh, your thoughts kind of on the outset of it in case your thoughts, which yeah. they often are, provoke some really cool thoughts that I didn't have prior yeah. to the episode. And um, in thinking about it, I thought it would be really cool for each of us to share and we don't have to go super deep into detail, but if we think back on our life, like when we were in elementary school, like what would have been our Everest at the time? And he says, what is your Everest? Because he was saying that that was the, his big goal. Like that was something he wanted to achieve in his life. To him climbing, to getting to the top of Everest was success. So when he says, what's your Everest? It's like, what is it that what, that would be successful for you in your life? And so I got to I got to thinking about like, in my elementary years, like, can I even take myself back enough to even answer that question and maybe have a 7 year having a seven-year-old in my house is helpful for that. But I think my, my Everest back then was just to have fun, like just to play and have fun. And I didn't really think much beyond that. It's funny that you said that you think that I'm a deep thinker because I've never thought of myself as a deep thinker. Um, and especially in my, my formative years, I think in middle school, I really just wanted to be a cool kid and be the best maybe be the best soccer player on my team, but nothing, um, nothing groundbreaking or I didn't have a passion for something that I can recall that was outside of hanging out with my friends and playing sports. My wife has always known since she was in elementary school that she wanted to be an elementary teacher so like that was a drive for her all along and she was a valedictorian of her high school class and she had professors try to talk her out of it because she could make more money doing other things but she kind of had this drive from a very young age and and i i certainly did not hmm. um if anyone were to say that i have drive I, that drive that they see didn't kick in until much 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 later in life. interesting yeah yeah so yeah. And then I think in high school for me, I've, I've talked a little bit about the challenges of high school for me, particularly those first two years. I think I honestly think my Everest success for me is just to survive those first two years. And then once I found a peer group and I was accepted, I have no clue what my Everest would have been in high school. If you were to ask me during my high school years, like, what's success to you? What do you want to achieve in life? What's your, what are you shooting for? What's your Everest? I don't even think I could answer that question beyond what I was doing that day. My college years, for some reason, I flipped a switch and I decided that grades was going to be my thing. I'm, not, I'm just not entirely sure what what spawned that, but I really wanted to get good grades in college. So getting good grades was kind of like my, my Everest, thinking maybe that that would lead me to something. And then my post, post-college years, it was just, I lived in the back of my truck. I traveled all over the world. I'd save up money just enough to go on a trip. So like exploration and adventure, that was my Everest and took like follow my heart. I think back then I was big on like, quote unquote, being happy. I just wanted, I just wanted to be happy. And for me, that came in the form of travel and vagabonding and dirtbagging around the, around the (laughs) globe. And then after that, you know, I kind of settled into a career and I started to find my purpose in in helping others. And I think now, um, you know, I've shared many times in this podcast to live, love, learn and lead. But really striving to enhance the lives of others. So um, that's kind of a very quick summation of where I've at, but I, where I've been at. But I think right now, if you were to ask me my definition of success or what success is to me, um, there's two points that I've heard in the last bunch of years that I really like. And one is if you flat if you fall flat on your face, that's a good sign that you're probably moving forward. I love that one. And the other one that I love is. The definition of success being the ability to repeatedly fail over and over again without the loss of enthusiasm. sounds a little bit like teacher speak, but truly for me, I think success is as long as you're trying and you're moving forward in whatever you deem is worth moving forward toward, you are succeeding. I can see the smoke coming out of your ears right now. You are thinking deep. (laughs) Wow. You think deep often,
1: but you're going really deep. (laughs) It's just so funny that... Success, like what? like How do you? Yeah, it's an interesting topic for me. I, it's, a, it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, as you were as you were going back, I was trying to put myself in those points of time, and I, um, even having you have even having you had read the definitions of success earlier, they still don't the pieces don't fit in my mind for success in that way. So w- if I think back to if S- somebody would say what's your everest <laughs> what is your everest and i was in elementary school i'd probably look at them like what are you talking about but then i started thinking about things like oh i like to do things i'm good at i like to feel like people like me and it goes i think with the culture so it kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier I, th- I think success is is predicated on one's ability to have to, to knowingly be aware of a goal or something that that fills them with an emotion a feeling and then to go towards that i think that's success as long as you're moving towards that and you can realize that those are the things that fill you up personally but i think when we talk about success and you can obviously as a teacher like you said at the beginning like there's all kinds of meanings for success in, in that realm right but i think if we okay so like for middle school right success would have been fitting in with with the crowd that i thought was important success would have been meeting the cultural norms of, you know, having a girlfriend or, you know, having a partner or something like that. And, and like, those would be successful moments. So they're more like milestones in, in my opinion, like, but now as I, as, so as I look further, as you were talking, I think it's definitely, it's vastly different now than it would have ever been then, obviously, but for different reasons. And I think the closer that you come to those steps of success and whatever it is, where you feel that, and you feel like that's validated, I think that eventually arrives you at a place where success has a, a larger, more encompassing meaning. So, like you were saying, like I want to impact people. I would have never thought that ten years ago. You know, like I, not in this manner, but only through those small successes could I have got to this outlook now, to where I'm at. So that, in of itself, is a, is a, a great success, right? So I don't know. It's, it's really weird. And I keep coming back to the fact that people like that study, right? People are asked, but they're less apt to to share right because i think there's this element of shame that comes along with did i meet the successes of what everybody else thought it was supposed to be before and if you perhaps if that feeling wasn't hit then they're less they're less willing to share something that's vulnerable because like I did that it wasn't successful, or, or they might see it as not successful, or that sounds silly for where I'm at. I don't want to be a fireman and sitting in this corporate boardroom. <laughs> like those two things don't go together. But then, you know, so I don't know. I think there's a lot wrapped up in success of of how that looks and how that that perspective differs from individual to individual and even from like region to region or you know, culture to culture. It's very interesting to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting for me to think about. This guy, Colin Alberty, was saying that, you know, he thought that a, that a lot of the reasons why the older people wouldn't share their success is, you know, A, they're just more worried about what other people in the room might think about what they'd say, but B, that as we get older, we, we put limitations on ourselves. And as we get older, there's more and more limitations. So there's less and less ah. opportunities for successful endeavors in our life, which I think yep. was, was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Where'd you find that book? Uh, it was a podcast I was listening oh. to. I think he has two books out. Oh, that's cool. He actually just released a book, I think, called "The Twelve Hour Walk," and it was—it's basically about one way to do a little soul searching and to spend some time with yourself is to commit to wow a twelve-hour block of time where you don't have to walk for twelve straight hours. He's saying you—you you could walk how, however much or how as little little as you like. Stop, take breaks, see the scenery, but you not know, interacting with anybody or anything, mm. as in a device for 12 hours. So I think the name of the book is a 12 hour walk. That's awesome. I'm going to do that. Um, The other thing that spawned me wanting to have this conversation (laughs) is I think another thing that's fascinating, at least about me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I've shared in past episodes that uh, I feel like I'm intrinsically motivated in some ways, but definitely the extrinsic plays a role in my life. Each year, at my school, they have what's called a rivalry week, and there's a rival. There's a rival high school in our in our state, Rutland, and every year our two football teams play. And the Marines, as a recruiting tool, they come to the schools and they set up a pull-up bar. And over the course of a day, simultaneously at each school, students from the school go up to the pull-up bar and do as many as they can, and they count the total pull-ups for the school. It's not just students; it's anyone in the school community. And then they bring the pull-up bars on the Friday night at the, the end of the day to the actual football game and the fans can go on their respective pull-up bars, new pull-ups and whoever, whatever school does the most pull-ups by the end of the game is the pull-up champion for that year. Yeah. And obviously the cool. football teams play and whoever wins a football game gets the the rivalry <laughs> trophy and all these things. And our school was down by a bunch going into the game. And I was getting texts from people in the school being like, I hope you're coming to the game tonight. Cause we're going to need you for pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got on the pull-up bar, and the entire student section, which is, I don't know, 100 or so kids, maybe a little bit more, is going crazy cheering for me. And it was really neat. Like, I really enjoyed their support. It was it was really, really awesome to have. But I, on the way home that night, I was thinking about how success for me is to be viewed as a fit human being. I honestly do not care if people think that I'm smart. I, I don't care if people think that I'm rich or have money or that I'm well-traveled or any of these things. But for some reason, success for me is to be viewed as a fit person, like why? And then I started thinking about, because I never viewed myself as a fit person growing up. And it's like these things that we like have to work for, I hate to use the word earn, but maybe with things that we feel that we weren't born with, that were not innate, that we kind of had to earn, that we want to be successful in those things. and That's actually more important to somebody like me than to be successful in something that was innate or natural or God-given. And I think that that's a really interesting in road, when, when I think about success, why the heck does it matter to me <laughs> to be viewed as yeah. this
1: um, as this fit person? That is interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah it's like, like my wife always says, the beautiful want to be seen for their smarts, and the smarts want to be seen for their beauty. Right?
1: Like, yeah, yeah. There's so much wrapped up in that. It's just like, what drove that? was it a, like a moment of something was this like, no, I, it must be because the validation of uh, like, it's the validation of the hard work to achieve it. Right. I, I think it's that, gotta be right. It it's gotta to be. be something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Like I started on this and I told myself I'm going to finish it. And success means when I feel like I've met that, you know, the standard, I guess. I'm, how about yeah. this? Does it, do you ever feel like you're never going to achieve that? So there's validating moments like, oh, here comes Mister D. He's gonna throw the cape off and do some pull-ups. But, but were you like, I could have done two more, <laughs> you know? Like, are you never gonna reach it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was really bummed. But, so yeah, then, is that yeah. success?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a good question. And and do I need like competitions or objective measures for me yeah. to confirm or not confirm that success? Yeah, I don't yeah.
1: know. Well, do you ever feel successful in it? You're like, yeah, I'm crushing it. I'm good. Like I've like I endeavor to look better or, or that be by measure of success. And do you feel like you're getting that or do you always just keep going because you feel like it's never going to be achieved? As I, I as honestly like feel
0: both. Like I honestly huh. feel both like the small feelings of success, keep me fueled and keep me going, but I don't feel like I'm there. Huh. I've never felt like I've arrived or or, or I've been there. It's interesting. So
1: hmm. what's success in your life right now? What's your Everest? I, you know, I still don't, I don't even have one. I think, I don't know. That's a very deep question. Um, Like if somebody, they ask you at work all the time, at least in corporate circles, you know, what's your five-year plan? What's your three-year plan? You know, like they love, they don't do it so much anymore, but they used to love that. And if you didn't have an answer that was like, you know, something they could comprehend, you know, you'd be, they'd be like, well, you know, you need to think about, you know, it's like career coaching or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I always thought, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. There ain't no way in hell I know what's going on five years from now. And if I did, I'd be very scared (laughs) of going towards that because, you know, I don't know. So I have no Everest other than to um, just do my best. I I think that, you know, do as good as I can. I I, I recently read this. It goes, uh, do the best you can where you are with what you have. And I thought that just about sums up everything that happens in my life because at some point, I'm like, oh, I'm dreading this. I don't want to go there and do that thing. And then I get there. And then it's like, man, I don't really have all the tools for this. But it's like, just do what you <laughs> do the best you can with what you already have there. And if you apply that, if I apply that to everything that I do, I feel like I'm meeting that bar of success as long as I can you know, be working in that way. So I don't know if that's an Everest or not, because it's clearly not a mountain. But I mean, it's a mountain of work, I suppose. But yeah, yeah so that's my... Yeah, I, I mean, there's a huge piece of me that thinks...
0: There's more merit in that than some sort of goal where there's an objective measure of completion, right? Like Everest, there's a peak to Everest. Yeah, you get you get there, you cannot go any further, and the only option there you turn around and go down. Yeah,
1: but some people that's the checkbox. Like I meet, I I've succeeded, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then I guess, so so then I guess for those people it's like, well, what's next? Like, what's the
1: next Everest or or whatever that is? Yeah. Um. But that like gets into goals, right? Like that's just a goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so for me to live, love, learn, and lead with a healthy mind, a strong body, and a grateful spirit, and to really try to positively impact the lives of other people, of all the people that I interact with, I was actually prepared for you to ask me the question because you've—I've noticed that you've asked this question of our guests several times. Was, <laughs> how do you measure that, or what's your objective measure? I'm finding that when I get correspondence. From people with whom I've interacted, that tends to be my fuel. Um, letters from former students, a validation from that your colleagues that that validation. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the validation. That, okay, like maybe certain days I feel like I'm spinning my wheels in the mud and not going anywhere, but this letter right here that I just received, this text, this email, this students showing up uh, at school who graduated 5 years ago just to say hi and they were in the neighborhood like that's a validation for me that in some way shape or form that that mm. is indeed happening. Yeah. So I think I think for me right now that's success. Cool. But for me it's like I feel like there's so many different arenas for which I'm seeking improvement, you know, like as a father, as a husband, as a son. Um, you know, with my fitness and, and all these types of things. So to put that all into kind of one funnel or one bucket, I think is, is challenging for me.
1: Which part that there's so many.
0: Yeah. Like, like if you say, if you say to me, what's success, I think I, my brain goes, well, success in fitness is this. Ah, success success in, in, area? in Forging a bond with my daughter is this and success in forging a bond with my wife is this. And mm. so it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to just have like one yeah. answer to that. Like yeah. what's your Everest? I don't know. But one thing I have been doing, which was, kind of been really helpful for me is I've been asking my female students who are, you know, between the ages of fifteen and eighteen, as the father of a seven year old, what's something that I should be doing now to forge a bond with my daughter so that when my daughter's your age,
1: I have a really good relationship with her. See what I mean? That's the kind of that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Who thinks that? (laughs) And then to ask their actual like student body of that like age, like, hey, how could I do better? Like I've never heard anybody think about anything. I think that's really cool. What do they
0: say? What I'm finding is really, really cool. One, they're giving me awesome answers that I can put in, that I can put into play. Two, I, it, it, it forges a deep connection with me and that student Mm -hmm. because that student's thinking, holy crap, Mr. D cares about me enough to ask my opinion about this thing that impacts his relationship with his daughter. Like what is more special than that? Right. And, and, and their answers have been profound. Huh. anything actionable? Um, one, a couple of them. One, yeah. one that said, you know, th- there is no replacement for time together. Like, my father works all the time. He really wants to provide for me. I wish that we had less stuff and more time together. Hmm, that was one. Yeah. Um, another one, she had such a great quote. She said, I'm really happy that my parents pushed me to do things that I didn't want to do and the beauty of what they did was they pushed but they never forced and i thought that was how insightful for a 15 year old girl right. to sh- yeah. to share that yeah really cool yeah really cool yeah so i guess for me like like i said a couple minutes ago you know if you fall flat on your face that's a sign that you're moving forward for, for me it's just in all these different arenas that i just named and there's more of them than that i just named oh yeah than just being a father, a husband, a, a teacher, fitness. Well, there's the even
1: subcategories,
0: right? Absolutely. <laughs> like it goes Absolutely. for days. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that I'm continuing to strive to move forward and in, in being willing to fail without the loss of
1: enthusiasm for, yeah. for, for trying to forge forward, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What do you do when you see areas that you don't feel like you're being successful and you want to be? Because, in order to to know if you're meeting success, you have to be able to diff, I guess. I absolutely
0: ponder on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, If you're asking me what are the big areas where where I could absolutely be better, uh, definitely I could be, I think I could be a much better son to my parents. Hmm. And I could be, oh man, I got a world to do as an uncle. I don't think that I fulfill my uncle responsibilities (laughs) for my six nieces and nephews. I'm not on top of birthdays i'm not on top of regular correspondence i'm not on top of things that when i was their age that would have been really cool for me to hear from my uncle wow um (laughs) i think the people that acknowledge my birthday and i don't acknowledge their birthday i still that still bothers me that i don't do that there's a couple of people in my life that reach out every year for my birthday and i I couldn't tell you when their birthday is and that's interesting so so i think to answer your question uh it's relationship based I think it's uh, relationships in my life that I could be better with.
1: You know, it just dawned on me. Thank you for sharing that. You could use – use is a terrible word. You could leverage the same people that you ask those questions about, how can I be a better father or, or, you know, what's the one thing, whatever – for all those different things, especially to get that younger perspective, like, Hey, random, random kid, what could I do to be a better uncle? And he's like, Oh, my uncle just did this. It's almost like you have a, a palette to choose from of all these different cool. I, I never really thought about engaging people in that way. Like just yeah. coming up to him with a random question, like, Hey, what would you do in this case to be the best you could be? And they would tell you something completely yeah. different than then you could
0: use. The, the tricky part is to be the best you can be for everyone that you want to be the best for, for me, it's an impossibility. The, the, yeah, as you well, always you, say, I have to give
1: something up. Well, to... but there's also what's best, what's their definition of success for that, right? Like, what, what what do I really want from my uncle? Well, you know, one of my nephews might just want to go fishing. The other one wants to go play table tennis. So it, the success is is reciprocal, right? Like, I feel like I'm meeting you to do the thing you want me to do with you. So it's like, how do you know if you're meeting that? It's so crazy if you don't ask. So I, yeah. I never ask. I never say like, oh, how can I be your best uncle? I never, that thought never even crossed my mind. I've been trying to do that with my daughter
0: um, at least once a month, just sitting down with her and saying, yeah. hey, like, how, how can I be better? And so huh. um, she shared with me the other day, uh, her, her birth name is Lauren Jade Driscoll, and she's been LJ to me since she's come out of the womb. And she shared with me recently that she does not want to be called LJ in front of anybody else. Oh. So if, if we're at home, I can call her LJ, but if anyone is at our house or we're in public— please call her Lauren. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Seven years I, old. I have probably, I don't know, a dozen to 20 nicknames for her. Yeah. And they just come to my mind without even like thinking <laughs> sure. about it. They just yeah. do. Yeah. And she calls me out. And today I picked her up from school. I said, all right, LJ, you know, it's time to go. And there were other people. She said, daddy, Lauren. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Lauren. Uh-huh. Let's go. <laughs> we yeah. talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> uh-huh. Kind of a little bit of a side note. When, when she was just born, like, you know, a baby and I brought her to the grocery store. I would always dress her up in non-pink, so I'd always have her in blues and greens and stuff. And I remember I went through the gro- I went through the grocery store line, and the, the clerk said, "Oh my gosh, your son is so handsome. What's his name?" And I looked at her. I thought for a second. I go, "His name is Lawrence." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, Lawrence, you're so cute." So sometimes I call LJ Lawrence, Lawrence. and she doesn't uh, like that. So Larry, yeah. <laughs> but it's- yeah, those kid nicknames come out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, my dad had a million for all of us, and, oh, yeah. and I'm the same way with. Ew. With, with my daughter.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah, I like that idea. I'm going to start asking random people. Well, it's basically those people who I'm, <laughs> who are, who are <laughs> in it that way. Like, Hey, what about this? It's cool. Cause it gets them thinking too about what if somebody asked me that question? What would I say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. Cool. So that's, so there's one tactical piece that people can listen, didn't take away from after listening to this episode is yeah. yeah. i to start to ask people how I can be better in the arenas that
1: I, strive to be better or for that person. Absolutely. And how, what about at school? How do you, like for your students, they ask you all the time, like what is, because you have to kind of articulate what success is in terms of like grading or, you know, like expectations of class As terrible as that word is. Like, do you give them your outtake on the way you look at success and like try to plant that seed in them? Or is it like, you have to stay right at the, like, you need this. 80% 80% on this thing and have to, you know, be at school for blah, blah, blah. Like, how does that so you're work? talking about success specifically to
0: the grade in the class yeah, that I just teach? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a good question. And it's something that I've been, you know, trying to figure out my entire career. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of grades for a number of reasons, but specifically I want students to take my class and I don't even call it my class. I always refer to it as our class. So uh, it's, it's, it's not my space. It's not, my environment, it's our environment. So I want students to take our class for one reason, and that's to strive to be a better version of themselves. And I want to help them be a better version of themselves. And obviously my story is is that fitness, fitness was what started rolling the snowball of positive change for me. So if I can provide that for students, I'm psyched about it. But I can't sit there and look at a student in the eye and say, oh, you gave 81% effort today and look at another student in the eye and say, you gave 73% effort today, right? So the way that I've set up our class is students grade themselves. So at the end of every class, there's a, an assessment that they fill out based on a couple criteria that we talk about in the beginning of the school year. And yeah, there is an expectation of what you'll do in class to spend your 70 minutes to strive to be a better version of yourself. And this doesn't have anything to do with the grade, but I'm always just kind of curious to know their mindset. So they share their mindset when they arrive to class and they share their mindset when they leave. And -hmm. there's a bank of words that they can choose from, you know, um, everything from depressed, stressed, miserable, tired, anxious, to amazing, excited, top of the world. Or they can just write in their own. And I'm curious to know where their mindset is when they arrive and where their mindset is when they leave. And they can start to hopefully see a trend of, oh, when I get to this class, I'm feeling this way, but when I leave... I'm feeling this way. Interesting. That's really neat to see. That's not that's not part of their grade. They just share that with me each day. And then um initiative is a big part of being a, a better version of ourselves, right? So at some point we have to take some sort of action to be better. And then how much time do they spend um on their phone during class? And they're gonna write that they write down the number of minutes. And it's it's all based on trust, you know, they're um but but I, I feel that ninety five percent of kids are very accurate with their self assessment with that. So um, we, we talk about if we're going to be the best version of ourselves sp- spending any time on social media, it's not a good use of our time because the studies show that when teenagers use social media, not only does it not help them be better, it's it's the other way around. They end up comparing themselves to other people and they are less happy or feel less fulfilled. So we talk about the detriment of social media and how in this hour of our life during this class, we don't, we, we take a break from that. Do We all have messes that we're dealing with. We leave our mess at the door, and when we return to our mess after working out, our mess is a little less messy. It's just a little easier to deal with. I'd venture to bet that people who work on a regular basis can relate to that. And then um, they just kind of do a couple other little self-assessment pieces, like what percentage of today's class were you actively participating? And it's all, some, none, and it's really, really basic they can address their fitness however they want. If they want to become more flexible, they can stretch during class. If they want to lose weight or boost their cardio capacity, they can get their heart rate up. If they want to lift weights, they can lift weights. Whatever it is that their goal is, they move themselves closer to it. And then, did you improve your fitness today? And that's a, a yes or no. I talk to them, based on how you fill out the sheet, that's kind of what your grade is. And if I feel that what you're reporting is not accurate with what I'm seeing, you and I will just have a conversation. And in 5 years of teaching high school i've had that conversation with like 3 kids like over time
1: like, so like over a sampling like you like you watch them and you're like nah you really not you're not really not yeah, like showing you, up like you say you are yeah like you're saying that you're spending 0 minutes on your phone during class but i see you on yeah. your phone often like yeah.
0: we just have a conversation about that say, yeah. all right well and i don't come down hard on it it's just like you're reporting this i'm seeing this like where's the disconnect but but that that happens so rarely i believe for my life the only aspects of life that i have control over are my effort and my attitude so that's what their grade is based on is yeah. effort and attitude. That's cool. And they have their own they grade themselves in, in my class. Huh. At the end of every day, they give themselves an assessment and that assessment goes into the system. It's called infinite campus. Goes into infinite campus as a grade. And
1: at the end of the semester, they have what they've given themselves all semester. My nerd my nerd my nerd brain wants to wants to think about how cool that would be to like if you could, if there was a way that you could track that and have it input to some kind of data lake, these are going to be terms that you don't—they're going to blow your mind. But they could just say, "Oh, I'm Peter. Today, I'm this." Right? Fill it in when they come into class, and then you could like see a difference of the trend like over time. Yeah. And you could be like, "Hey, what happened this week?" I noticed that there was something going on. Like you could have a yeah. deeper discussion. I think that'd be pretty cool. And they could even they're- have like clouds to diff the years. Like, oh, you know, more this year. This year or this set of years, you know, this class uses this word more often than this word. That's pretty
0: cool. Interesting. I mean, I can tell you with, (laughs) is there a term called anecdotal certainty? (laughs) Sure. That that the difference between when a kid arrives, when they leave, the change in the time of the day that they have the class matters. They come in rolled out of bed feeling this way by the yeah. time they leave, they're in such a better mental place. Yeah. Who, who did know? that research? And, yeah. yeah John, it's really fascinating. John
1: Rady, wasn't it? Did that one? Yes. Th- yeah. That yeah. was pretty, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, but you see that yeah. in real time. Like you observe that like Oh my gosh. Are, it's oh amazing. My it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Huh. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's really cool. Nice.
0: It was like the third week of school this year. Mr. D, it's really weird. Every time I leave this class, I just leave feeling like so good. (laughs) Yeah. And he goes, is this, he goes, I don't run during this class. Is is this like a runner's high? I said, this is a runner's high. Like you're (laughs) getting the exact same thing. You're exercising, getting your heart rate up, getting your endorphins revved up. Like you are feeling exactly what a runner feels like on a runner's high. That is a runner's high. He's like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. (laughs) He said, I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so, you know, get, in getting back to success, what I, what I try to tell myself and my students is, okay, the only things in life that I have control over are my effort, my attitude. How can I take those two things and move myself forward toward yeah. this this area of success or this it's, thing called success? It's interesting. We've been talking for 42 minutes now and neither of us has even brought up the career, the financial, the money, many of the things that are touted as, quote unquote, success in our world, right? Yeah. I think that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I, 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 as I was listening to you talk about the schooling approach, it I, I wrote down that um, how awesome it is that you give leeway for these kids to define success with their within themselves. And then you have supported lessons and tooling that backs that up. Like if, if I could think back to school for me, nobody was ever like, well, you define your own success and then go forward with what that means to you. That was never something that was taught. Thank you. Yeah. So,
0: so we're in the midst of our nutrition unit right now. And Mm -hmm. next week we're going to do what I call a five day challenge. And all it is, is can you make the smallest change? What's the smallest change you could think you could make to your nutrition or your food intake and try to see it through for five days. So this kid Might drink seven Coca-Colas a day. If he can drink six and a half.
1: Yeah, winning.
0: That's a win. Yeah. yeah, success. So, so you you and I just tell them uh, I, whatever your goal is, as long as it has a number attached to it, because it's got to be objective. It can't. I'm going to drink less soda. No, no, no. I, there's got to be a number attached to it. Yeah. But as long as there's a number attached to it, whatever goal you want, I'm down. Uh, and I want to support. Yeah. yeah. And, and I had kids that jumped the gun. I told them we're going to be doing this, and they're like, Oh, Mister see if even go five days without coffee. See if we go five days without soda. And they're coming in, and they're announcing it to the class. Yo, I'm on day three with no coffee to start my day, and the rest of the class likes cheering.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. But if yeah, I, say I the, love that. Go ahead. If I say the letters OKR and KPI to you, do you know what that means? No. All right, I'm going to send you a book.
0: <laughs> this is awesome. I had no clue where this conversation was going to go tonight. Isn't that the best part? <laughs> was it <there> a success? <laughs> I, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I get to hang out with you for 45 minutes. I of course, mean, it was a success. 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 Now I got to go figure out how, how I could be a better uncle. <laughs> You better get after it. Find some people to ask. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that's great. Okay. Awesome. Well, to all our listeners out there, we appreciate your ears. <laughs> we thank you for your time. We are grateful for your attention. <laughs> Hopefully, this episode was a success for you. Uh, we are the School and Struggle Podcast. We are
1: out. See ya.